Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You might say that yesterday was an eventful day in the life of the church. <laughs> to put it mildly, um, yesterday was very revealing. We saw a lot of people who apparently denied that Amoris Laetitia existed. They denied everything that happened afterwards because this document is Amoris Laetitia 2.0. And I'm going to go over how that is here in a minute. And this is going to be a much more scripted version of a live stream than I usually do. But because that's because the topic is so dicey, we have to act to report on it accurately. I need to have it much more scripted than I normally do. My apologies for it. I'm also not going to be bringing up a lot of things on screen. I will, however, attempt in my attempt to lighten the mood just a little bit, if I can find where I put it, hold on. It's not that I don't I'm not prepared. It's that this system doesn't always work as it should. I'm just going to show you this. Here we are. Thanks to Chris, if you're watching this, <laughs> for the uh, for the moment of levity as we talk about this, because this is a development of doctrine. That is what we are being told by the most well-connected modernists in Rome that the doctrine is developing. Let's pray that it doesn't develop any further. That having been said, though, you may have noticed that every year for the past few years, without fail, near Christmas or in general on an important feast day that is especially important to traditional Catholics, often either opposed, uh, linked to traditional practices, traditional devotions, or ones that aren't on the Nova Sordo calendar but are on a popular pre-conciliar calendar, typically the 1962 or the 1954 liturgical calendars, they, without fail, will issue something, and especially near Christmas. The Vatican issue will some will always issue some kind of scandalous document that upsets the faithful and cause modernists to come out of the woodwork to defend heresy. Or it will also cause those who cannot see the forest for the trees to come out and defend what's going on to try to spin things in the most Catholic interpretation possible. This year on the Feast of the Expectation of Mary, which is a day that's not even on the 1962 calendar anymore, it was... I believe on the 54, and if not the 54, then one of the previous ones to that. But it was a day, it, it lands on the 18th of December, a week before the Nativity, hence the name, The Expectation of Mary. It's a day dedicated to motherhood, purity, the expectation of the coming Nativity of our blessed Lord. On that day this year, Francis issued a document that the media and the heretics are celebrating, that the Pope's blainers are defending, and that the faithful are debating, causing grave division among all of us. Yesterday, Taylor Marshall went over the contents of the document and a lot more detail that I'm going to hear now. I'm not going to repeat most of it here, but his his description of it as like the ultimate form of ambiguity is absolutely correct. I'm going to touch on the contents briefly, and then we're going to talk about how like the media is playing an important role in this and how the, the heretics are. I probably will do a follow-up later in the week to how some of the more orthodox voices are responding because so far... Bishop Strickland has like a short video response that he posted to life. They gave the life site. It's on their website. Um, Archbishop Vigano has only basically said, woe to those who call evil good. That line from scripture. Beyond that, that's all we've seen so far. That is a direct response to this. I expect Mueller will have something. I expect Schneider will have something. I expect Vigano to have a longer letter. 
how good letters are at this point, I don't know. So anyway, Francis's document, Fernandez's document, blesses scandalous things, as long as those scandalous things and they're being blessed doesn't cause scandal. That's the core of this. That It's a contradiction. It's one that doesn't bother Rome for some reason, but should bother everybody else because we all know that this document has been itself the cause of scandal. And we know that any time any of the types we're talking about here approach a priest for a blessing, in line with what this document is doing, it will cause a scandal. It's just going to be inevitable. That despite a few basic facts about the document. It says that the couple in question is not blessed, but is blessed, but not their pairing. What does that actually mean? It's nonsense. That's what that means. It's a linguistic trick to get around the church teaching that sin cannot be blessed. It's a trick because a blessing is an endorsement of the pairing itself. <clears throat> a blessing is, of course, the priest giving you the graces of God. That's what he's doing. But it's also, you, you know the term, I'm giving my blessing to something? That's another. That's an old-fashioned way of saying I'm giving my endorsement of something. This is the church endorsing these things. And we'll put the word church in air quotes here. It's a linguistic trick because a, a blessing is an endorsement of whatever is being blessed. In Catholic theology, relationships that are by definition illicit are not valid. Just ask Henry VIII about that, okay? This is what we're talking about here. We're fundamental, basic Catholic stuff. The document contradicts itself, so we're going to quote it here. Quote, Within the horizon outlined, here's the possibility of blessings of couples in irregular situations and of James Martin pairings, the form of which should not find any ritual fixation on the part of ecclesiastical authorities, meaning no bishop should actually put out formal guidelines for this. Okay, no formal guidelines. You're not getting a, a liturgical blessing. That's what they mean. No formal guidelines. It's not a formal ritual being written here. And they're saying that, quote, in order not to produce confusion with the blessing proper to the sacrament of holy matrimony. In these cases, a blessing is imparted that not only has ascending value, but is also the invocation of a descending blessing from God himself on those who, recognizing themselves to be destitute and in need of his help, do not claim legitimacy of their own status, but beg that all that is true and good and humanly valid in their lives and relationships be invested. Pause here. There's your first contradiction recognizing themselves to be destitute and in need of his help and do not claim legitimacy of their own status. Okay, that sounds very Catholic. And if it was people coming forward saying, I have this problem in my life that I need the church's help dealing with, can you give me a blessing? No one would care. This document would be completely pointless. But then they contradict themselves say by saying, but beg that all that is true of good and humanly valid in their lives and relationships be invested healed and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Again, we are talking about a contradiction here. They, There is no good here. Okay? Go back to the Old Testament. Go back to the words of St. Paul. There's no good here. Full stop. Because any, anybody who was trying to live as the church teaches would not put themselves in a situation constantly of temptation like that. They simply would not. Because what we're talking about getting blessed here is a completely voluntary situation. We're not talking about someone who has a terrible habit of looking at things they shouldn't be looking at online, but also have the unfortunate problem that everybody seems to have now of working online so they can't exactly escape it. We're talking about people who are in a position voluntarily. This is meant to undermine the church's central teaching on the sin that James Martin has a weird interest in. Anyway, let's continue. 
These forms of blessing express a supplication to God to grant those assistance that come from the impulses of his spirit, what classical theology calls present graces, so that human relationships may mature and grow in fidelity to the gospel message, free themselves from their imperfections and frailties, and express themselves in ever-increasing dimension of divine love. That's section 31, end quote. And the only way for that, for the what we're talking about here, for that to be true, would be for that pairing to dissolve and for people to live in accordance with their state in life, which is what we're all called to do. It's just that particular pairing is go contradicts the church uh the church's moral teachings. Okay? This is not an orthodox document by any stretch. It is a satanic document. And we can compare all that what I just read and kept interrupting there with to the preamble which states quote rites and prayers that could create a confusion between what constitutes the sacrament of holy matrimony, which is the exclusive, stable, and indissoluble union defined as the church has always defined it, naturally open to the generation of children, and what contradicts it are inadmissible, end quote. Perfectly stated. But you can't have both. But that's the point of the document, to try to have both. Such statements create ambiguity. The very blessing being outlined here will create scandal in the appearance that the church now endorses that the sin we're sort of dancing around. That is the point of it. As I'll demonstrate with the media campaign that was oddly coordinated as if the New York Times and the AP and all the other secular outlets you care to name were aware of the coming document, and they had statements ready that all read basically the same. They knew what was going on. I was paying attention that day because, as I'll talk about in a moment, James Martin, within like a minute of Vatican News talking, uh, posting the notice of this, he retweeted and had statements ready rapid fire, just sent them off online. But back to the document at hand. The document reaffirms that the church can't bless sin. Great. Which Francis has said this whole time. But then the concept of sin is reduced completely to a viewpoint-based idea. Sin is made relative. The document enshrines moral relativism into the church's lexicon. Quote, one must also avoid the risk of reducing the meaning of blessings to this point of view alone, or it would lead us to expect the same moral conditions for a simple blessing that are called for in the reception of the sacraments. Such a risk requires that we broaden this perspective further. Beware any time somebody in the church tells you that we must broaden our perspective on things. Indeed, there is a danger that a pastoral gesture that is so beloved and widespread will be subjected to too many moral prerequisites, which under the claim of control could overshadow the unconditional power of God's love that forms a basis for the gesture of blessing. End quote. God loves all, each and every one of us so much that he wants us to leave lives of sin behind. It's just this one sin that for whatever reason, a good portion of the bishops and priests don't want to leave behind. And it's this one sin that the secular world is so fixated on the church changing on. Anyone who steps up for such a blessing can, quote, show himself to be in need of God's saving presence in his life, that's anybody who attends Mass, by the way. And one who asks for a blessing from the church recognizes the latter as a sacrament of the salvation that God offers. To seek a blessing in the church is to acknowledge that the life of the church springs from the womb of God's mercy and helps us to move forward, to live better, and to respond to the Lord's will. End quote. There's something subtle there. It has been asserted by James Martin, by many of these bishops, that Scripture got it wrong on this, that St. Paul was actually wrong on this sin, that it did not actually reflect God's will. Bear that in mind when you're hearing this stuff. 
but note the lack of anything explicitly saying that the church calls people to live in accordance with their state in life. Would you be bothered if Fernandez had explicitly stated that the church will offer blessings to those who struggle with the sinful inclinations on this topic or any topic, and only to people who fit that description, meaning they actually are resisting these inclinations, that the church will for offer them and be encouraged to offer blessings to those who are trying to live a, what we would have called a Catholic life before yesterday? Of course not. Nobody would object. Instead, we're treated to ambiguous language about living better and responding to the Lord's will without ever defining what any of that means. Some might ask, what do you think that means? It's pretty obvious, right? And yes, it is obvious. This is Amoris Laetitia 2.0. In fact, in the run-up to this, we heard Amoris Laetitia invoked many times when arguing for the blessing of this. Except now it's about James Martin's stuff instead of the who can receive the, the Eucharist. But that's the point. The document is meant to divide people along debate lines, make those who have the faith who see through this look unreasonable, and crack the door open for formal blessings of James Martin stuff by a future pope, likely by the man who wrote this document, Cardinal Fernandez. If you have read, watched my live stream yesterday, and if you haven't, I suggest you do, because there is a great deal of chatter going on that what we're going to see next is, a, is an attempt to have Fernandez essentially become the next pope. I'm going to check the comments here before we go on. Yeah, uh, Trish Catholic says that James Martin posted his, his take yesterday. Anna says that he was practically backflipping with joy. He was. And he was completely ready here. Esteban says the internet is ablaze. Yeah, it is. I'm way behind on the chat, in the chat though. Kenneth reminds us there is a lot of cognitive dissonance on this. There's only one logical conclusion. The church is, is in a set of a constant. Uh, I don't know about that. And the reason I say I don't know about that is because I am one of those who firmly believes that the faithful are being punished for our own infidelity on matters of morality and on faith and our own lukewarmness and our own unwillingness to preach the gospel, especially those of us who live in countries where where there, where Catholics have a, a rich field of opportunities like in America to preach the gospel, but we choose not to. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're that's where we're at here. And we're and we are going to continue here now. But how does it accomplish this stuff, right? The, the document admits that it is a break from church's teaching on this under the guise of it being a real development, hence the meme I had on the screen a moment ago. The church Fernandez says in this document, quote, without officially validating their status or changing in any way the church's perennial teaching on holy matrimony, despite Fernandez previously noting the text, quotes, theological reflection based on pastoral visit of Pope Francis, this implies a real development of from what has been said about blessings in the magisterium in the official texts of the church, end quote. This is a real development of doctrine, he's saying. A real development of doctrine. And this is why James Martin was so happy. The document is meant to be ambiguous so it can be implemented in the broadest terms possible, which is why the James Martin types were just so jubilant yesterday. They know it's Amoris Laetitia 2.0, and we know that because the document explicitly says that there will be no further clarification on the subject from Rome. That should be the other big warning to everybody who's on the fence about this. No further clarification from Rome is coming on this. That means that Cardinal Burke and Cardinal Brandmuller and Cardinal Zen and Cardinal Seurat and the Cardinal who I always forget from Mexico who issued that, that dubia over the summer and anyone else who wants to can't submit dubia all day long and they will get no response. That's what this is saying. Here's where Fernandez says that explicitly. Quote, what has been said in this declaration regarding the blessings of James Martin Parings 
is sufficient to guide the prudent and fatherly discernment of ordained ministers in this regard. Thus, beyond the guidance provided above, no further responses should be expected. Uh, possible ways to regulate details or practicalities regarding the blessings of this type. End quote. It is also reaffirmed that the decision for this is left entirely into the hands of the priests, not the bishop. Though after Francis's last declaration about this, a few bishops tried implementing their own interpretations of this. We'll see how that goes. I expect if the if Fernandez is going to respond to anything related to this, it will be on attempts by the bishops to regulate this. That's where the one place I expect he might go back on this. Let's turn now to the media response. First, Catholic media seems divided on this between two responses. The heretical organizations all describe this as a significant shift in the church's pastoral approach and theology and in doctrine. That basically sums up the response from the National Catholic Reporter, America Magazine, as well as outlets like Outreach, which is James Martin's activist organization, all of which were jubilant. On the other side were the, new, were the outlets desperately trying to tell us how orthodox a document is. Weirdly, the pillar was trying to point out all the affirmations of church teaching, as were certain Catholic journals who work for secular conservative news outlets, who I won't name here, but if you were on Twitter yesterday, you probably saw this person, probably saw her arguing all day long on Twitter. I almost muted her. I got so tired of it. Everybody here misses the point. This is Amoris Laetitia 2.0, which, which we were told was coming anyway. Back in the summer or in the spring, we were told to expect a, a follow-up to Amoris Laetitia. This is probably that document. Vatican News, which is the NPR or BBC of Vatican City, described it as the church offering blessings for James Martin pairings. Explicitly, they said that. That's important because, um, as I'll talk, as I'll mention briefly, James Martin was or is a consultor for the Vatican's Dicastery for Communications. That's where Vatican News is going to be housed out of. He has contacts there. He knew this was coming. He might have actually helped them write that article for all we know. Don't know the extent of his influence there. Now, second, universally, the secular media is saying that this is a change in church teaching on James Martin topics. Universally, they're saying this. And why would they say that? This goes back to something about James Martin that most people don't know. Again, he's a media consultant for the Vatican Dicastery for Communications, which is where, again, Vatican News is based out of. It's why he knew that the Vatican was going to make the announcement the day that day via Vatican News. It's how he was ready to retweet the post immediately upon its release. And that's why he had statements ready, saying things like how he couldn't wait to bless all the stuff like that that he works with and how this is such a landmark moment for, the, for that group and for his ministry and for the church. Mar Martin is also the go-to person for most secular media for, Catholic, for church events and news. So he's absolutely the person who made the media aware of how this was happening. This goes back to something from Vatican II worth noting here. Some observers, Joseph Ratzinger especially, referred to Vatican II as the Council of the Media. Why? Just before retiring, Benedict XVI had this to say about the role of media at Vatican II. Pay attention to what he's saying here because it absolutely applies to the Synod and it applies to this topic. Quote, Pope Benedict XVI said that many of the misinterpretations... I'll disagree with him there, of the Second Vatican Council. I think the council was actually in the long run interpreted exactly as it was intended. Anyway, they were caused by the media promoting its own version. The world interpreted the council through the eyes of the media instead of seeing the true council of the fathers and their key vision of the faith, said Pope Benedict at Paul VI Hall on February 14th, 2013. The immediate impression of the council that got through to the people was that of the media, not of the fathers, he explained. 
The Council of Journalists did not naturally take place within the world of faith, but within the categories of the media today. That is outside the faith with different hermeneutics, a hermeneutic of politics, added Benedict. The media saw the council as a political struggle, a struggle for power between different currents within the church, he recalled. But it was obvious that the media would take the side of whatever faction best suited their world. There was this triple issue, the power of the Pope, then transferred to the power of the bishops, and then the power of all. Popular sovereignty, and naturally they saw this as part of something profane. We know that this council of the media was accessible to all, he said. So dominant and more efficient, this council created many calamities, so many problems, so much misery. In reality, seminaries closed, convents closed, the liturgy was trivialized, and the true council has struggled to materialize, to be realized, he stated. In his analysis, Pope Benedict said that the virtual council was stronger than the real council, but the real strength of the council was present. It has slowly emerged and is becoming the real power, which is also true reform, true renewal of the church, he said. It seems to me that 50 years after the council, we see how this council is alive and well and how this has driven the narrative. But here's the thing. The narrative for Fernandez's new statement is what the Vatican wanted in the first place. Otherwise, they would take dubia and after dubia after dubia and offer further clarification as needed. They won't, officially. Unofficially, you're going to have some implementations of this document in a few months when something else is going on in the church and Fernandez will be asked to comment on it and how he'll say that it's the right interpretation. That is what happened with Amoris Laetitia and its implementation. Bishops in Argentina, where Cardinal Fernandez is from, had a radical implementation of that document, the most radical possible. And theirs was deemed by Rome to be the right interpretation. And now that we have one of those same Argentinian bishops issuing this document, probably the one behind that radical interpretation of Amoris Laetitia, the same is going to happen soon enough. Just wait and see. I'm going to pause here and check the comments. Um, we have a super chat here. Thank you for the super chat, Stephen. Where do we go? The wolves are amongst the flock. I always advocate going to a traditional parish, the one place I know you're never going to see this stuff pop up. It just isn't. But don't be surprised if this becomes one of the dividing lines in the church moving forward. <clears throat> Evelyn, I have seen many people repeating this sentiment that this is what we're seeing now is just a different faith. Openly. <clears throat> Pardon my cough. I have that persistent cough from that cold I've been battling. Um, St. Indigatius of Loyola must be asking how and why his spiritual sons have gone so far off course. He's been asking that for decades. <coughs> Pardon me again. Um, well, let's continue, though. But the document is itself ambiguous by design. It's self-contradictory. And as patrons of this channel said in a lively Discord chat yesterday, if you've been thinking about becoming a patron or channel member, this might be a good time to because I reactivated our Discord. And there's a lively conversation going on there in, about that topic. They said making sense of this document itself was impossible. They watched, I think it was Father Gerald Murray talking about this on YouTube yesterday, and he had a hard time making the document make sense. Why is that, though? Because the document is a mess of contradictions and ambiguity. And that's why I say the document is satanic. That's why the word satanic is in the title of this video. Because ambiguity and contradiction and confusion sold as clear teaching only comes from the father of lies, not from our Lord. The document is evil. It will bear evil fruit, and it's why James Martin is jubilant about this. It's sad to see so many Catholics caught up in thinking this document is relatively orthodox because it means they're missing the point of it. <coughs> Pardon me again. Which is to open the door for future action on this. Just look at Amoris Laetitia and how it has been implemented. 
Now it's worth noting that the German bishops are giddy about this as well. They're calling it a major victory for their German synodal way. Why would they do that? Are every heretical group in the church missing the point somehow? Is it just meanie headed trads and hypermodernists who are agreeing that the document allows for the embrace of sins that call it to heaven for justice? Is it, are we the only ones who notice this? Or is it more likely that the Vatican is being once again ambiguous with their intentions? I'm betting it's the latter because they can't come out and just say, yeah, we're talk, tossing out the, the moral code book of the church. But instead, they send signals to people and then they let the debate play out and they let the media do its job. Now, it's worth if the Diocese of San Bernardino also issued a statement immediately talking about blessings as signs of God's love and how anyone can bless anyone. What they don't mention is that even a non-ritual blessing is an endorsement by the church of what's going on. James Martin understands that. Either the Bishop San Bernardino doesn't understand that or he's being willfully ambiguous about the whole thing. The African bishops are apparently in an uproar about this, which I'm not surprised by in the slightest if you've been paying attention to what they're dealing with over there. The USCCB issued a very milquetoast statement that I'm working on a video for like a normal news video one of my pre-recorded ones that I'll go over there later on because there's bigger context to what they're saying. Thank Bishop Strickland and Cardinal Burke on that one. But again, no further guidance on this will come from Rome under Francis and Fernandez. It's relying on this media effect. If you don't know, or what's, it's relying on what's called the Mandela effect. And if you don't know what the Mandela effect is, it's a basic, here's a basic definition. It is an observed phenomenon in which a large segment of the population misremembers a significant event or shares a memory of an event that did not actually occur. That's what's going on here. The media narrative is the real narrative. Francis knows this. Fernandez knows this. Why the Pope's splainers and the willfully naive don't understand this is anyone's guess. Now, as I wrap this all up, let me know in the chat or in the comments why the Pope splainers and those who refuse to admit what James Martin is saying are doing. What? Why are they doing all that? Why are they bending over backwards to give you an, an orthodox interpretation of this, knowing full well that this is that you're going to see this document used to spread an error through the church without it ever being corrected, and the bishops explicitly told they cannot offer any real guidance on this. That this is in the hands of the priests. Trads have been right, by the way, about literally everything, this entire alleged papacy. And if not literally right, we have a 90% accuracy rate. I've had that pointed out to me by a lot of people lately. Is it possible that this one time the Pope's winners are the ones who are right? I kind of doubt it. So what do you think the effect of this is going to be? I'm very curious what you have to say about this in the comments, please. So let me know as we come toward the end of this chat, we can talk. And I'm going to uh, poke into the live chat and see what people are saying. <laughs> Rich asks why James Martin has been, uh, <laughs> why James Martin does what he does and it's just allowed to happen for as long as he has. Because a lot of the bishops agree with him. That's why. And every time it, Bishop Strickland brought it up at the annual meeting of the bishops in Baltimore, he apparently got the cold shoulder a lot. Chat says this is apostasy. Um... I, this is why I always tell people when you push me, I can never tell you, I cannot, I don't have the authority to tell you, yes, go to this mass or no, don't go to that mass. But if you see this, maybe this is your, this will be your impetus to kind of look at the logistics of finding a traditional Paris and taking the, taking the, the leap of faith for it. A lot of us make a long drive every Sunday. Um, I, whenever I start thinking that my hour and a half drive each way on Sundays long, I'm reminded of the couple that I met at my first traditional parish in Oklahoma who were driving for three or four hours each way. 
that's commitment much more so than I have. And I will tell you from experience that God will bless you for the commitment you make. Um, Teresa says Catholicism keep kept focus on Jesus and his call to you. This will eventually blow over. Please don't let this put you off. Morrissey is a challenge to stand for truth and beauty of faith and tradition. Yes, exactly. This is a great opportunity for people to learn the traditional faith, to embrace the traditional teachings of the faith, to be able to defend what the church has always taught on this, and to see why what we're seeing is an error. Traditionalist Catholic says, the, they, meaning the Pope's planners, are in denial. Yeah, I saw a lot of that on Twitter yesterday. So I didn't want to rush out to make a, you know, some video on this yesterday. Um, some are better equipped to do that. Like Taylor Marshall, I think is pretty well equipped to do that. I saw one who will remain unnamed who made the typical, you know, eye-catching title with a picture of himself on the thumbnail looking really sad. <laughs> I'm like, please, I will never do that. But yes, you, the sin cannot be blessed. It doesn't matter what it is. So I'm not talking about people in general. I'm talking about actions and sin and things because that is cannot be, cannot be blessed. All right. So, uh, Maureen says that Satan thrives in an environment of confusion. That is the point. That is the point. Especially since this is going to divide Catholics of goodwill against each other. Ninth says, the effect of this document is exactly as the Lord intended. It is meant to expose the goats and the lambs. James Martin leading the charge for the goats, as it is clearly apparent. Yeah. Who would bless these things? Well, these are, <laughs> I'll just use the term modernists, but uh, we'll talk about the people who uh, agree with James Martin and share some of his interests, we'll say. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Benedict, I see your comment there. Um, yes, uh, people in your situation are very upset by this too. A Adrian says, uh, Adrian checks into the chat. He's a radio host. Check out his show later. Adrian, put in the chat that what radio network you're on so people know in their cities where to tune into you if you're in the United States or we're online. Don't put like a web address because that won't work in the chat. But uh, Adrian will be talking about this on his show today as well. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in today, folks. Please pray for the church and uh, more of this coming. I guarantee you I'm going to be work. Maybe tomorrow's live stream will be about the responses from people who we generally associate with, quote, our side of things on this. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. May God bless you uh, greatly.